I don't feel as if you know me. You take up all my time. The days are long and the nights will throw you away because the sun don't shine. Nobody ever matches the weather. Make or break your day. Nobody... Nobody ever seems to remember that life is a game we play. We live in the shadows and we had the chance and threw it away. And it's never gonna be the same. Cause the years are falling by like the rain. It's never gonna be the same. Till I life I know comes to my house and says... Hello. I love it. Okay, that's as far as I can no, go. No, I yeah. love it. Thank I you so much, Paul. Off, no, that was, was great. It that's was, a first. It was easier to sing it in the car on the way down when I had the music playing in the background <laughs> and no one could hear it. It's me, difficult. So. I know. It's a challenge. It's a but icebreaker. we break yeah. the ice and then we get the show started from good there. Stuff. So Let's go. thank you so much for opening up the show that way and, and welcome to the show. Thank you. And big fan of the show. I try to Thanks. listen when I can. Like Absolute I pleasure having you on the show. I go down those wormholes. It's like, you know, I should be driving to work, educating myself, you know, listening to podcasts, listening to the news, and then music. Yeah, always music. Yeah, There's yeah, always yeah, music yeah. playing. Yeah. But you're, you're uh, how, how young are you, man? I like to identify as 39. <laughs> um, yeah, my 40th should have been during the pandemic, and that never happened. Yeah, I no. That, that, my 50th happened during that, that fiasco as well, yeah, too. Yeah, so, so it's just weird. Uh, 43. Okay, forty-three still years young. young. Yeah, yeah, so, young, yeah. yeah, still got some life in me, I think. Yeah, yeah for sure. Things to prove, and, and you're doing amazing work, right? So I know that I've been following you for a while and, and seeing it. I know you had a busy year this year. You were jet setting across the country doing yeah, some projects. Yeah, I was in BC a couple of times this year. Yeah, part of the country doing some uh, timber framing, learning some timber framing, and put it, putting it into practice on another uh, timber framers guild project out in uh, uh, just outside of Pemberton. Okay. Yeah, that was a great project. And that was a great experience? It was. It was building a community center for the First Nations there. Oh, yeah, wow. The Satlium uh, First okay. Nation. And this would become a community center where they'll have like, big ceremonial events like their powwows. And hopefully it's all going to be open by next year. Okay, so, so you, you went there. How long were you there for? Um, I was there 10 days. Okay. Yeah. All right. And good uh, the group whole thing of people? Was put together amazing group of people. Yeah. A whole variety of people. Yeah, there's definitely lots of Long beards, car hearts, and uh, but a very kind of varied crowd as well. And classic, yeah. good-looking tradespeople. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Providing a great the service on their face. Of yeah. course, yeah, you read everything on their ah, face. Yeah. Good to meet people, see new techniques, new tools. Yeah, that can be the expensive part to these places. It's a volunteer thing. Were they yours, or were the tools kind of nicely well, given? A lot of people actually drove out that way. Okay. One guy actually drove up from Georgia with his tools. Wow. Yeah, to help out on this project and. Yeah, I flew in, so I brought with me was saying, yeah, a few basic tools and, and my bike. Yeah. Yeah, so I could get around. Awesome, man. It was awesome. a great, fantastic experience. Great part of the world and beautiful scenery, beautiful job and beautiful yeah. people. It's actually a nice office environment. If you're a tradesperson. It, well, you know what? It's a great office environment because there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. no cell phone reception. You so can, you can focus, get on and you get can the work. job done. And you yeah. can get to know other people and you can learn. 
You can. And you can share and stories. you're always learning. Yeah, 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 which is great. So welcome. I, w- I want to share all the deets here. We have the English Carpenter okay. here. Paul Collins, uh, paul at theenglishcarpenter.com. And his website is www.theenglishcarpenter.com. And also theenglishcarpenter.ca That's for the correct. timber framing part of it. And then your phone number to reach you is 647-269-3140. And then on IG, you'll find his amazing posts at the underscore English underscore Carpenter. And also you've got the YouTube channel, but you don't constantly feed it. But it's there. It's there. I need to put more videos on it. That's we have it. I just need to maybe put stuff like this on. I don't record. I take a lot of photos. I'll send you this. So you have it. You want to share, which would be great because I I I get the sense based on our conversations before the show even started and weeks prior, like we're gonna have a really good conversation about the industry and the the trade and the craft and people. And also, I'm very respectful of the business that you you built which is a solid business. So Thank you. Uh, I want to do a quick shout out to uh, Jason, uh, guest contracting. I'm wearing his tea today. Unleash your voice on the Construction Life podcast community. Are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building related? The Construction Life podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is a mortar that holds our podcast together. So share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the over 400 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on our site. Check out www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on social at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Subscribe to our video channels on YouTube and Rumble. Check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners. The link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. And I definitely thank you for so much for the uh, the shopping bag there, which I'm going to probably walk around. And I bet you any money, I'll probably bump into people that recognize that logo. No Because me personally, I'm a huge fan of that logo. I love that. I love the simplicity of that logo. And it speaks volumes when I see it. And yeah. uh, and plus, when you see the truck out there and everything, I totally, I, I love what you've created there. And also the mindset behind the whole English well, carpenter idea, yeah. right? So, so that's all. Yeah, it started on a whim and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, kind of uh, escalated, shall we say. Yeah. Okay. Just me back in the day and you know, kind of running around doing jobs that I wouldn't even want to do in my own house now. You know, go around maybe hanging a picture for someone, a couple of handy fixes here. Is that how it got started? That's not how it got started, no. Um, how did it get started? You know, I used to do a lot of, kind of landscaping and laboring jobs back in the day during the summer times. Okay. They were kind of my go-to things. Yeah. I really enjoyed the, kind of the physicality, the being on site. Um, and having some fun, really, the kind of the, just being physical with your body and moving. Still to today, like when stuff turns up at the site, people are like, "Oh, I have to bring this stuff in." It's like, I like it. It's a workout. It's like, yeah, okay. Twelve sheets of, well, in one go. You know, twelve we, sheets we, this way, we, then twelve we, sheets yeah, this yeah, exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. We have that. We have that thought when we have that load arrive on the site. We have that thought. Oh, we gotta move all this stuff yeah. to, to the to closer to where we have to work with it. But then it happens. It yeah, just gets it's not made. Move itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just happens. Whether it's yourself and some of the tradies on site or whatever, it happens. And, and then all of a sudden, you can get to the good stuff. You can get working on this stuff, yeah. right? Which is great. Moving stuff around, and you know, it's key when that stuff turns up at any job site. Where's it going to go? Yeah, it needs to be moved just once. Yeah, put in that position, and then from there, it gets worked on. You just and then moved. exactly. You can really slow things down. Were you always a tradie, Paul? Like, were you always going to um, be this? No. No, no. This what was the career plan. path on, on on earlier days? The younger, you know, how we the are. Younger days, I was going to join the army. I was going to join the RAF. Okay, so it was kind of 
very kind of disciplined uh, upbringing that way. Yeah. You know, it was a disciplined upbringing, I'd say, because dad was a cop, mum was a nurse, so a very kind of straightforward upbringing. Um, and then I joined the reserves for quite a few years. It's like playing, okay, I'm going to go full-time, go full-time. Different kind of building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah more, more time taken apart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I absolutely loved it. It was a physical job. Again, working with great people, working as part of a team. And uh, then they were messing me around when I was trying to go full-time. Yeah. And a good friend, Martin, was like, if they can mess you around this much right now, imagine what they can do once you're in. Now, this was early 2001. Okay. And I decided to take a trip to, to Canada. Yeah. Come and see a friend over here. And of course, at the end of the year, 9-11 happens. The world completely changes. And, yeah. You know, I'll always say, yeah, I was proud to have served my country, but I'm glad I never went to war. Mm. So, excuse the pun, but dodged a bullet. A lot of my yeah, friends yeah, ended yeah. up down there, and uh, I would have liked to have been a part of that because that's what I trained for. But really, yeah. it would have been different. It yeah. would have been, and um, yes, if, career path was very different back in the day. You know, still kind of very physical thing. I enjoyed, like I say, during the college days, kind of uh, doing landscaping jobs and labouring gigs because it was better paid. You stayed fit. You're outside in the sunshine. You're, your other friends would be, I don't know, inside a supermarket. What's, just kind of. What's the mindset, Paul, that when you got started, because everybody has a very humble beginning, right? Yeah. Nobody's, technically speaking, just thrown into construction and given multi-million dollar home to get started with, right? Sure. We all have to take that shovel and put it into the ground and start oh, yeah. our job, right? Grab that broom. So, exactly. It's the same thing. So it's just, what was the mindset that you had then that you still have today? Because now you've built a solid brand where people recognize you and right. your team. But I'm pretty sure that you guys still have that roots, you know, those roots in the, well, in the business. Uh, work hard aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Work hard, work smart. Yeah. You know, you're not constantly grafting, grafting, grafting. I was saying about bringing materials in. Where are you going to place those materials? Where are they going to end up? I think the thing that really kind of pushed me in the direction of carpentry was working on a big building site. It was kind of a big subdivision back in the day. And, I was working for, I think it was Brian Holmes, one of the big home builders back in the UK. And I had to help out with most trades. And it was always the carpenters were the fun ones to hang out with. Yeah. They had the most interesting stories. They are the most, uh, they were kind of the, uh, the jocks of the building stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 that's exactly The ground yeah. workers were an interesting crew. It's like you wanted to keep them on your side and yeah. you know, not cross their path. The Masons, I mean, whether it's the UK or Canada or wherever you go, it's the same characters doing the same yep. job. Yeah, yep. So relevant, the they're so related. Most fun, yeah, I know. Yeah. So I enjoyed that, and the variety of it. You know, you could be framing one day, you could be finishing the next. So there's a lot of aspects of carpentry that it's a, it's a broad, spe uh, broad spectrum, without a doubt. Of course, yeah. yeah. Did you? How many years did you do that for? Ooh, during the summer times, I don't know to be honest. Then I came over here, traveling back in the day, and uh, got myself a few jobs uh, on building sites and. You know, the plan was back in the day, you know, I'd go to Australia and New Zealand, but everyone was going to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, there were lots of people from the UK that yeah, were actually going that way. Yeah, that's way. Instead of this way. I had a, fr this a friend way. through rugby. Yeah. He was a, a guy from uh, Lindsay, Ontario, who I'm you know, still friends with to, to date. Yep. And I was like, listen, Brad, I'm going to come see you for a week. This was March, like, 2001. Okay. Beautiful time of year to come to Canada, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, come and see him. I was like, you know, I'm going to do the USA and Canada. I'm going to... Do this one first and then go to Australia, New Zealand. That didn't work out? No, <laughs> never made it to Australia. No, I did to New Zealand, but never But you know, in all yeah. fairness, Paul, like Canada was a completely different nation 
23 years ago, 22 years ago, yeah. was a completely different. So you've seen it, um, I don't know if evolve is the right word, um, but it's changed. It right? has without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Personalities, thoughts, how we go about doing things. How's construction from then to now? Because you've got a team, like you got a pretty yes. big team. Uh, and and there, are, you, are you the oldest? No, are you there? Yeah, yeah you are the oldest, am, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So they have a different reflection of construction. They do, yeah. I mean, I mean some of our people, I've probably, even though I wasn't born in Canada, I'm probably more Canadian than, than them because I've <laughs> been here longer than them. Exactly. <laughs> longer than they've exactly. been on the earth. Um, yeah, good question because as things have changed in construction, we've changed as well. You have to. Yeah, because I was that one man band, one person band, and then, then I need a laborer, then I need another carpenter. And I got to the stage where now we need a, an office manager, now we need a project manager, now I need this person, that person that, when I first started out, I didn't know what, I was winging it in business. Yeah. I, was, I was a carpenter. All, yeah. I was a carpenter. I didn't know how to run a business. Yeah. And many things I kind of missed out on. And um, I wouldn't say overlooked, I just wasn't aware of these things. And then you have these Harsh lessons along the way, whether that's, uh, yeah, fine, because you didn't pay your HST on time, which you didn't know how to be paid by the certain day, or not having the right things in place. So I guess you know, as we've evolved, things have also changed, and you know, we're trying to stay on top of these things. Yeah. You never can. No. You never can. No, it's always you're too doing much. Your best, yeah. Plus, by the way, we have to run a job. Yeah. We have the client, you know, take care of. We have we're in many, work. many hats. Yeah, many hats. But I mean, where were you getting your knowledge to expand your business? And were you still nervous at that point to expand the business? Because obviously mm -hmm. you were a one-man shop at the beginning, but then you needed to bring in these other people. Reading books, networking, speaking to lots of the other trades. Like, how do you do this? How do you deal with that? Yeah. I mean, networking is huge. You know, tradies don't like to talk to each other. In fact, the same trades don't want to talk to each other. But they don't like sharing. To, yeah. They think, they say, it's always like, it's a threat. show me mine, show you yours. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I speak... It's hard to get information from carpenters, I find. If I can go and speak to the mason or the plumber, the roofer, the structural engineer and get some tips that yeah, way. Yeah, and you'll, and you'll get yeah, them. For sure. Yeah. It's like the same trades don't want to talk to each other. And you're better together. So if you're doing things this way, I can help you out. Scratch my back, I can scratch yours, yeah. Is that the same still now? No, I think it's better now. I think so, and I think as, you know, we've grown and the company's grown. Yeah. You know, we've, made, we've made friends along the way. We've also made a few enemies along the way, but we've, I think we definitely made more friends. <laughs> get in line, yeah, yeah. Paul. Get in line. I don't care. Like, as you get older, trust me, when you cross 50, you won't care how long the line of enemies is compared to the line of friends, yeah, right? It's the good people that look It just after. doesn't matter. And then the enemies will turn around and just become your friends as one day, and you'll just keep them at bay at some point. But that's just life. That's just how it is. When you get better at your skill, then it attracts other people curious about how you got better at your sure. skill. And why am I not better at my skill? Well, that's how you communicate now. If we communicated and we worked together and we shared and we discussed how to problem solve, we'd be better as a team instead of as an individual. Isn't that right? Well, that's true. And, you know, certainly when you know, we're doing the renovation side of things, we have a pre-construction process where we... We haven't even got it. I, I yeah, totally yeah. forgot. I got to let people know that, first of all, you're a framer, but you're also a GC and you're a site super and you're a renovator. Like you're handling projects, additions, new builds, your decks, outdoors. You're hand, I, can't, I don't think there's anything that you don't do as a construction site. You know what? Um, yeah, we... You do projects. A, yeah, we do big uh, projects. Yeah. Renovations and additions. Yeah. yeah. That's one side of the business. The timber frame is the other side of the business. So, you know, there's a lot of hats to be worn and you know, it's all about delegation and I'm blessed with a... You know, 
fantastic office manager. You know, she's definitely the backbone of the company, so big shout-out to, to Tessa for that one. Yeah. And, uh, and the people on site, whether that's you know, the labourer, the carpenter, the, uh, the site super, the, uh, the project manager. Like, you need all these moving parts because there's a lot of moving parts yeah. in building a house. You know, from just the land itself to the dig to everything to handing the keys back in. Everything. Clean up at the end. But the team, like, I, uh, is everybody still on board based on the website here? Because you got Tessa and then Barbara, Cody, Brandon, Jack, Simon, Curtis. Everybody's wow. there now. They're on the website? They're on the website. That's why I was looking guy. at them, right? So I was just like, are they still there? Are they still playing? Not all of them. Not, not all, all of them. them. No. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. who's still there? Do you want to do shout outs to them and figure out what their yeah, duties are? Yeah, the team are? at the moment, um, basically, yeah, Tessa, our office manager, our two lead guys. And I agree with you. The heart, the brains, the movement of oh, the business, is. right? So, and yeah. she's the calm, the collective, where it's like, you know, I need to reply Every to business, email. every successful that email business. email goes yes. to Tessa first, so Tessa edits it, and it comes yes. back completely different. Yes. And <laughs> then it gets sent out. Uh, and then there's Cody, who's been with me for the longest time after the team. Yep. Um, lead guy just back from a I think your part of the world right Portugal oh he was in Portugal yeah yeah, yeah. Right. okay two weeks so did he enjoy I bet he did I don't want to go and see him he's be there with a beautiful tan all happy and relaxed so <laughs> I'll see him later today um, another lead guy Mike we've got a fantastic uh, apprentice uh, Greg then we've got um, Jack and Simon Okay. Two other carpenters, yeah. Those are the English carpenter team. But yep. then you also have all your subtrades as well, too, right? Oh, some fantastic subtrades. Yeah. Our subtrades, we wouldn't be able to do really anything. Yeah. I'm not going to do the electrical. I'm not do, doing the plumbing. I'm not doing the. I can do some demo. Not as fast you as know as, of yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah. you want to get other professionals that. It's going to happen mass, much faster. What I'm just yeah. curious, like, Paul, what's your favorite? What's my favorite? Yeah. Skill wise, regarding the timber level. framing, timber framing, that's without what I doubt, yeah. yeah, yeah, just dealing yeah, with the a, wood. It's, a, it's an art. It's like you know, it's concentration. It's not take your your hammers out and nail guns and bang, 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 bang. This goes as fast as we can. It's there's you got to concentrate. Yeah. There's thought behind it, and it's just it's funny that when I look at your stuff or when you post something, I literally and, and I encourage anybody to do this. You can smell the wood on your post, man. I'm oh, telling, yeah. like it's there. You can totally see it, and I'm like. You're a wood person, right? You're not a composite. Have you done? I hate it. Okay. Yeah. That's, no, no, I assume. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to just. We had to do a job this year where it went on. It's like, this is just plastic. This is waste. This is yeah. garbage. This, this never going to kind of. If you want to appreciate wood, look at your posts and just pay attention to. I mean, just certain little projects that you've done. Like, it's just. You're working with cedar and you're working outdoors and you're building certain things. And so then that's not project, even yeah. touching the timber framing part of things, right? That it's just it's just very refreshing to see that because in our industry, as you've probably seen in two, in two decades, a lot of tradies have gone the composite route. I guess it's just because the, the market has gone that way and they have to just accept it. Yeah, you know, a lot of times on the renovations, we're not picking the finishes. Of course. Yeah, we're being told what to install. Of course, yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I remember we were going to do a project last year huge renovation and at the end it was a composite deck and of course the deck's the last thing to be done yeah and then of course it's getting tight on funds towards the end of course and it's like okay well this is the price for the composite but we can do cedar for this much <laughs> and they're like okay we're doing cedar yes <laughs> <laughs> so just working with cedar is just just the smell it's it's yeah. amazing especially in the summer it's not even that bad in the winter months or whatever and you're trying to pull something off before mother nature really kicks you it's Anytime just soon it's yeah, i know yeah. which is happening we're all living that right now but it, it's just i guess the argument with the clients is the maintenance argument where they start looking at it composite sure. and, and i'm and i'm i mean i'm gonna fight that point because yeah. not there isn't one yeah. single composite that is pristine perfectly no maintenance whatsoever you have to do it's lower maintenance, without a doubt. That's all it is. It's it just lower last, maintenance. It's not no maintenance. It's a plastic. Exactly. Know, a cedar was going to last 20, 25 years outside. 
Just depending on the conditions. If it's built correctly yeah. and the conditions and the site conditions, right? For sure, it's that big trees dropping leaves on it, which stick to every year. Do you clear the snow off? What do you do with it? So but I would, I would yeah. encourage any clients to take their shoes off, take their socks off, and walk on a cedar deck versus yeah. doing the same on a composite deck. Especially during you, the summertime. Wow. Yeah. Not that you would try it in the winter. Well, no, maybe you would. But you could probably try that. But the thing is, like, the, the feeling that you would get connectivity-wise with the wood on barefoot versus composite yeah. on barefoot, it's two different feelings, man. Without doubt. Without That's doubt. why. So I kind of get them to do that, and then they, it's almost a no-brainer at that point. That's the test. That's the selling feature, I turn. I yeah. have a couple of composite boards, keep them up in the truck first, and put them down. It's like, okay, shoes and socks off. Let's go for a little walk. I'm, it's yeah. a great idea. And you know what's funny is that I've been to enough trade shows in my career that no salespeople of composite are ever asking anybody to do that. And right. there's a reason why they're not asking them yeah. to do that. Because know, it's know. not going to get sold if you do that, right? So, you know, past the point of you got Neanderthal, Neanderthal feet or whatever, you just, I don't care about that. Just I want you to barefoot. I think we all top. do have to wear work boots for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just how it is. So I think that's, it was refreshing to see your content and you share. And it's wood, right? And I'm not, I'm not even just talking about just the, the, the floor uh, aspects like the post details and the stair railing details and all sure. kinds of stuff and then the soffits and the under like it was just amazing detail right but you're you're showing little details and little tricks like and, and I'm, I'm respectful of that because the younger generation can see that and go sure so that's kind of how he did it right and but you're not revealing everything like any good tradie should do you have to let them figure it out part of it it's important that the younger generation and figure out part so much, of it you know, a photo can yeah obviously Ain't a thousand words, but until you then see the, the whole picture, which you can like, yeah. narrow down to your small Instagram post. There's so many parts to it that just don't get seen. Or sometimes you take one and it's like you forget about the other things that maybe someone else would focus on. Yeah. A lot of people really like the finished photos. To me, it's like, uh, I like the framing side of things. But of course, we do a job from start to finish, but I'm not taking photos all the way. Well, we, we do. We document photos all the way through. Yeah. More that. We can go back if there's a problem, if someone's kind of drywalled dry over where there's an outlet, and there's a classic on every job. Again, over at least one or two outlets. That there's always cutouts afterwards, yeah. If we need to figure out, okay, where was the stud placement? Where was that taken from? So we're always taking photos all the way through, but we've got this Instagram file, and we've got this great social media person, Jackie, who we work with, who puts it all together, edits, and puts the overlay over the top. I send her the photos. She adds the text or whatever it is. And she's like, Paul... We definitely need more finished photos. There's a lot of framing here. I know, I know. (laughs) You know what, though? I'm just, I think I'll argue that. I don't think you need more finishing photos. I think the finishing photos will speak for themselves at that point when you share a few of them about it. I think you definitely, I think the ratio I'm going to say is like one to 10. As contractors, we know safety is crucial at all times, but having team members not follow or even worse, not know safety protocols is something that can cause stress and anxiety in the workplace. We face this and many other challenges daily from calling the entire team just to make sure jobs are done in a safe manner to updating team members one by one about training they need to complete regarding a certain tool or a new regulation only to figure out who has or hasn't completed the training and document everything in messy folders. We deal with a lot, but Connect Team is here to help us out. Connect Team is a platform built for managers with a lot of different capabilities made to ease communications and operations, helping you get a clear and live overview of your business while giving your employees one central and simple app for work. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. 
I want to see these details because there's so many details. If you think about just the different trades, like if you start going just with framing itself and then start going into mechanical trades and then you're going into the finishing trades, substrates, all that stuff, 10 to 1 ratio is a pretty good ratio regarding right. a finished photo to 10 in-progress photos. But you can't really explain that to social media people because they're like, no, 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 the, the, the finished photos are what yeah. kind of I mean, that's everybody. the nice thing with those kind of stories or the reels. Yeah. Because you know, then it gives a bigger picture of, you know, of what's course, happening on the side. Course, you yeah. can pan through, go up, go down. You, you've had your fair share of working all over the city, and I know that you've worked in a lot of the juicy neighborhoods. Like I've, I've seen like work in Leslieville, Riverdale, uh, Little Italy. You've been in Queen Wesley, like all over the place, High Park. Yeah. Um, how much different are the homes all over the place? Like, are they kind of, I know that in Toronto has its history where there's influences of certain areas. Sure. There's that classic Toronto high gable, narrow home that we're so used the to. Victorian the Victorian style, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're so used to that. And then all of a sudden, High Park became slight, something slightly different. More of a subdivision back it, in the day. It did. Yeah, it yeah. was mixed. It was getting mixed to that. Sure. But what is your favorite part of the city? The West End. Really, yeah? Because yeah, it's close to home. Okay. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can ride to work. Yeah. I can't stand going through downtown. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. It is. I went to a job over in the beach the other day. No. There's no. only I'll take the two subway. ways to get there, and both ways are congested. Well, the one's a boat. <laughs> really? That's what? Well, I, no, I, I joke about me. You can literally go down to, let's say, Humber Bay uh, Yacht Club. Oh, you're getting a boat okay, from there. You're going all the way it's there. It's quicker. Wow. I don't have a boat, but if I'm doing a job next time. I'm waiting for the contractor that's going to have a helicopter and they could just do a landings on their job site, which coming would be kind of interesting, soon, right? <laughs> And you're, you're, you're hanging a, like a table saw from it or something like that. Yeah, pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> Beat that traffic. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but have you seen, like, I'm sure you've opened up quite a bit of projects across the city and, and discovered what magic tricks past tradies have, have done work with, You know, right? one I came across just recently. Um, where was that? Bloordale. And that full gut renovation. And we open up, and there's on the inside you know, the brickwork for you know arches and doorways. So it's a two-wide brick building, but on the outside there's no opening. So our guess was that back in the day, you know, the brickies there were kind of teaching the apprentices, okay, this is how you do it. That was their kind of practice area. And they did on the it. inside, really? but you don't see it on the outside. So I thought that's a pretty cool way of it. It makes sense because yeah. where else would you practice? I guess they weren't going to trade school back then. Yeah, these buildings were built. The site was a school. They were learning these tricks then where they wouldn't be seen. So I was really impressed by that. Was, I've seen that before. And what's really respectful is that even the mortar joints and everything are still nicely done yeah. in these pieces of brickwork that are it's covered. Like the size of your little thinking. You know, I know, and, like, I know. So they were millimeters. like, you got to yeah. wonder what's going on back then. Like, was just there more love for the trade at that point? That even yeah, though it was, it was being a test or it was inside a wall, yeah. they were still doing it as if it was. Well, you didn't get it right, you get fired. It's true. Yeah. It's totally true. You know, there's not that fear now of. Losing your job. I think back then, or even when I started, it's like, if I screw up, I'm out the door. There's another person right behind me. Of course. The, the, you're now replaced. It's very, very uh, different, I find. Yeah. There's an opportunity around the corner? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, because trades are in such demand, you know, if you're not happy, you could be fired from one job one day, the next morning have another job. And we've hired people like that who just you know, have the world's most glowing resume, turn up. I've never and, cared and, about a resume. I never. Yeah, I, I like to see where you've been. And yeah. Very a few times. Um, you know, I followed up, and a couple of times I haven't reached out to if I've recognised someone on there. But there's definitely certain things you can pick out from a resume, which kind of tells you about the character of someone. Yeah. yeah okay, that's interesting. Yeah. In fact, so I was speaking to him not too long ago, who's now um, back in New Zealand. His resume turned up. I noticed he played rugby. I'm like, 
Okay, well, he's a team player. <laughs> Maybe I can poach him for the team I play for, yeah. <laughs> How long have you been playing rugby? Way too long. I don't play anymore. So, yeah. Because the age? The age, the body. I mean, it's time for the kids to play now. Yeah, yeah. okay. I've played since, uh, since I was a little kid. In fact, I was on my way there. Over to uh, meet a friend I've been playing rugby with. Um, I was explaining to my friend in the car there. It's like, yeah, I've been playing with hoops since uh, 2013. No, 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 that sounds wrong. No, 2003. And I thought about it again. Like, no, 1993 is the first time I started playing with this guy. Wow. Wow, that's a long time. That's a long time. It goes by fast. Yeah, and it was fun. It was a, a great sport to play. And uh, you know, I actually ended up playing a game for my old team, the, uh, the Toronto Buccaneers. Uh, early, I hadn't played in three years. You know, I picked up an injury in my last game uh, I think it was just when the, uh, it was during the pandemic, it was one of the first games we could play. Okay. And we're up in Collingwood playing, it was a blazing hot day. And I can't get roped into it, because you know, I've played second row before, so not many people play it. It's not a favoured position. No. You have to be taller, uglier than most people, and you get roped into it that way. And the coach or the captain at the time was like, listen, Cozy, Cozy. So all my friends always call me Cozy. Like, cozy? Cozy. Okay. And uh, it's, listen, yeah, we need you to play. We only need you, you'd be good for like 20, 30 minutes, it'll be fine. I get on the coach. You get roped in. Yes, okay, that sounds like fun. That sounds like a nice summer's day, nothing's happening. I'm on the coach on the way up there. I see all the guys I was playing with at the back of the coach, and they're not playing. They're they're drinking beer, they're not playing. And I start looking up and down the coach, like, I don't recognize half these guys. And I'm their senior by about 10 years. And then I was like, where's the other second row? Because there's normally two. And I was like, oh, I don't even see, see another second row, let alone a replacement second row. So we get up there, 40 minutes, it's half time. I look at the coach, he's like, you got another 40 in here, haven't you? And it was a great game. I think I even scored a try in that game, but the final whistle goes, and she's like, off with the jersey, walked straight onto a, into Georgian Bay there. And I just <laughs> sat there, I was like, oh, I I busted my knee during the game, and I didn't really realise until on the bus ride home. Until you look at it. Yeah, and I think they dropped us off on the Danforth to go to some, uh, some bar down there, and I go to stand up, and my knee had seized. I said, like, okay, this is too much now. This is too much. It's done at that point. Then, uh, now you just watch. I do. I ended up in a competition um, in Coburg back in October. Okay. And it's like three, no, it was only 40-minute um, games, but there was three of them. After not playing in three years, like, am I going to make this? Old, old boys rugby, so. Do all the kinks come back, like, real quick? Like, all of a sudden you Not start- real quick, a lot slower. Okay. Like, uh, up here it's quick, <laughs> but like, the body doesn't move as fast. But, yeah, it was good. Now, now, now the kids are playing. Yeah, well, it's good that you brought up the team connection between that sport and any sport sometimes yeah. and the team connected to construction. It's important. It's you know, important, yeah. You have to be an individual sometimes and you know, be left to go off to a job and know that you can do the job by yourself, but you're working as part of a team. You know, even on a building site, if there's other trades there, you know, you're all working towards that end goal. You know, Am I wrong to say that the younger kids these days are not jumping towards team opportunities like that? I just I know that they're 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 sharing their wealth on being in the gym and doing the individual workouts yeah. and doing all their that kind of stuff and any but you have right. to do that to be able to you yeah know, when you you would go rugby training back in the day you weren't doing sprints and fitness and you're learning the drills you're learning the yeah. skills so yeah. you're expected to go off and do the runs do the cycles get in the gym yeah and lift weights so I don't know that's a good question it's almost like a picture of he- of health and fitness. But they're missing the opportunity of actually literally scrapes and bruises, yeah, 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 right. Because we all get scrapes and bruises on the job site as much oh, as you get onto the field, right? Yeah, you get home at the end of the day, and sometimes you look at it, like, 
someone's like, you're bleeding. You're like, where? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, look at that. There and there. This mystery kind of bruises. And That's what I'm up. saying is it doesn't start to hurt until you discover it. Once you discover it, and you're like, yeah, now, now it true. starts to hurt. I get it. So don't look at it. Leave it alone, right? But yeah, there's a missed opportunity, I think, there for like, um, I guess, advancement for your career, like construction advancement. Yeah, I mean, it's good networking as well. You, know, you, you join any kind of team. Yeah. And there's a, you know, a broader spectrum of people that you know that you can kind of work with, talk with, and uh, make friends with. Yeah. Bottom yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. And, and you never know what other side. Hey, if it wasn't for rugby, I mean, my business probably wouldn't be where it is now. I agree with I you. I got a lot of jobs through it. Of course, because you started And hired a lot of people because of it. So. And then they also see how you are in different circumstances too, right? During the, the process of the game. Yeah. You're seeing like the highs and lows and how you react and how you solve. Yeah, it's a lot of problem solving when <laughs> things aren't going your way. Yeah, exactly. There's a huge amount, right? Just like the job site. I want to talk about, um, I know there was a job that you guys did where you were, and I want to get the backstory on it, you were leveling the whole older diagonal plank subfloor. Like you were putting down two by four sleepers with wedges and then you were you were installing all kinds of new plywood on top of that. I think which one that was. I'm trying to figure out which one it was. I don't know yeah. if it was tagged on what part of the city it was, but you were re-leveling a whole wood floor. That's a project we took on in Kensington Market, I think. Okay, so Kensington Market is notorious for uh, a bunch surprises. of magicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah, kinds yeah. of surprises, right? Um, yeah, that floor was out of whack a lot. Like, Yeah, I think what happened on that one before we got in, a couple of walls had been uh, taken down, uh, some Big structural beams oh, been put in. So, so I think okay. there's two separate properties. So one's up here, one's down here. Wow. There's a driveway at the back on another, which should then be exposed that we had to bring up. We do a lot of restructuring. You know, structural work is definitely our forte. Um, How was that particular project with, I guess, the engineer talking about it? Like, I, I wanted to figure out why was that the solution instead of just trying to LVL underneath it? Or I don't know, because we were subbing on that one to another company. Okay. And this had been figured out beforehand. They get in touch, like, listen, can you do it? We can't find anyone to do it. It's like, of course we can. Yeah. Like I say, structure was our forte. We knew the structural engineer as well. We worked with him before. So okay. that's always good because there's that kind of open communication. Sometimes when you're dealing with a new architect or engineer, they're hard to get hold of. Well, they're also yeah. reluctant to work with somebody new because they don't know who you are. They can be that. They don't yeah. know what you are all about. I always, I always welcome those opportunities of working with architects, engineers, trades. Yeah, we've got our go-tos, without a doubt. You know, people that we tried and tested. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, they'll always be our kind of go-tos because I know they go to it, well, sometimes turn up on time, but do a great job. If there's a problem, they're going to come back. And um, But you're going to learn, and they're also going to learn. For sure. Both sides of the fence, I think, you learn when you actually get an opportunity to work with the structural engineer, right? Yeah, we've got some great ones we work with. And uh, yeah, got a couple more structural projects coming up soon with them. Big beams, big eye beams, and there was the backbreaker. That must have been a pain in Kensington with parking and everything like that, because it's just it was. a nightmare, um, right? I mean, we're lucky as we're starting. I don't know how you look at it, but trades start early. So, yeah, we're getting to the job site for about 7 o'clock in the morning. So parking's available. You know, Kensington's kind of dead <laughs> But at then by 10 o'clock? Well, uh, 9 o'clock? Constantly, yeah, uh, you're using the green pea. Okay. You're going to pay in for parking, which yeah. gets billed back to the... Um, of course, it's, it's part of the project. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, this is a cost. We need our trucks. You know, they're basically our mobile toolboxes, if you like. But yeah, it's one of the biggest things that put me off with a job. If I go and see a job and there's no parking, because it's just not me being a princess. Like, oh, I need. No, to no, it's not. Like, you're you're thinking logistics. Where do I put the uh, pause yeah. potty? Where do I put the yeah. uh, the drywall, the lumber when everything comes in? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, just for anybody who's not familiar with Toronto, Kensington Market is. I think it's probably one of the densest 
part of the city where they just rampacked as many homes together and expanded homes over other homes and just it's not the and lots of businesses happening down there yeah huge i think every building has a business on the bottom if not on the second floor as well too it's just interesting part of town but and then parking choice to go and work there i mean it was a sizable enough project it was literally just framing so the nice thing with that is you know, i don't have to go to the job site daily and check in or set people up it's like, okay guys you know what you're doing here you've got this yeah. yeah but it's just one of the challenging spots because there is a lot of lack of parking oh without They've, and they keep i think on a daily basis just getting rid of parking spots where you're not allowed to stay because they just want people to freely walk all over the place which is great i, I get that but we but still need to build the infrastructure, right? still need to build. Deliveries still need to be made to uh, yes. all the shops and coffee yes. shops and everything else happening down there. Yeah, there's still a, you can't get rid of vehicles completely. We're not, we're not there. We're not flying yet. There was another project that you did where you had the opportunity to put um, a radiant in the walls. Yeah. Was that yours, client, designer? That was uh, the client's son was an architect and he had seen this before. So he seen uh, it in Europe. Yeah, well, I've I seen think it. It was out in BC. And oh, really? They've yeah? done it out there. Okay. Of course, depending on what part of the province you're in, very different uh, climate. So, yeah, that was an interesting. We've never done that before. I'm trying to think why we didn't go in floor with that one, because that would have been the obvious. You know why? I think it would have lifted the floor too much, because that was a sunroom at the back of the oh, house. Oh, so they went with the radiant in the. I thought it was because it was either um, a wet area, a shower, and it was no, right, no, so right next was, uh, to the exterior wall, right? Sunroom. So really? The electric heat, you know, Schluter system. In well, the it doesn't, they won't pass it. ESA well, that's not going to be the, the heating source. That's a comfort thing. Right? Yes, yeah. that's all it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a secondary thing. Yeah. But I was just, I mean, obviously you offloaded a whole box of protection plates, right? <laughs> because you, you had to protect every single line there. But I was curious about what was that site inspection from the building inspector? Like when he or she saw that, was it just go-to? We, okay, we're fine with this. This is good. I think there's probably a way we had to prove it, whether I did the inspection or not. Passed it closed. Clients are happy. I mean, yeah, no, which is great. Four or five years ago, and I haven't had any calls back or complaints since. We've gone back to do other things for them. It's a smart idea because that actual heat would go through, and and you had the insulation foil right behind it. That's it. So that was there. So then it doesn't go into the exterior because you you don't want to start creating problems on the exterior cladding, which is probably bricks. Yeah, you want to go on the inside. So then, technically speaking, it would work. Like it would heat that area based on. Like I say, uh, it was an architect who came up with it. on a, a lot of our projects, we get told what to do. Yeah. You know, we have that creative freedom on some projects, but on a lot of projects, we're being told what to do. This is what you're installing. You're installing the composite. You're installing this tile. The painter has to paint these colors. And you kind of walk back like, really? You picked these? But the architect's happy or the client's over the moon. So on that one, we were kind of told what to do. And and you come up with the, the how to do it. Yeah. It's as simple again, as that. It's, it's kind of the you know, working... Who would that have been? I think it was um, Cam Giroux from iHeart Heating. Um, great heating company to, to work with there, sadly. He's not in the city anymore. He's on the other on the left side of the country. Okay. And, uh, again, it's always working with your sub-trades. And, you know, going back to that, I was saying earlier about the pre-construction process that we do. We bring all the trades through you know, in order of appearance because then they're turning up to the job site. They can see what the conditions are. Yeah. You know, they can see where they go put a bin. Yeah. They can kind of look at the joist layout and the toilet there, we'll have to get the uh, you know, the drain from there to over here. We're going to have to create yep. a bulkhead. Yeah. It, what it certainly eliminates is they turn up on, you've just sent them the drawings. Okay, do, 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 best case scenario, turn up day one and say, well, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Okay, day one, change order. So, I mean, it doesn't encapsulate everything, but it really narrows it down to 
it gets the big ticket items. People have seen what's going on. And, you know, we can kind of come up with a scope of work when you know, the trades are coming through, the demo team's telling us one thing, the, uh, the roof is coming through. It's like, what? You're going to need line protection if we're doing this. Like, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. can't miss that item now. The decision process and selecting your siding and colors can be challenging, which is why Fraser Wood Siding is here to make the process as simple as possible. Their beautiful pre-finished wood siding is made using high-quality PEFC certified Canadian softwood, and it's available in 17 profiles in unlimited colors. Supplied by the global leader in paints, Sherwin-Williams. With distribution all over Canada, USA, and Europe, Fraser Wood Siding can help you achieve your desired look no matter the style. Visit their website, www.fraserwoodsiding.com, and check out their products online. You can even request a sample directly from the website. Simply click the request a sample link and fill in your information and your sample will arrive in just a few days. Fraser Wood Siding, get inspired. But how are you doing that, I guess, pricing wise? How are you, you're just covering yourself knowing that this, you go through the scope, you're already estimating. But the estimating on a big project is a paid process. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a very time consuming process. A lot of moving parts, getting details, both back from the trades, the architect, the engineer, um, Whatever kind of surveys may be needed, whether that's a um, locates and gathering all this information so you have everything there ready to go, they can present the package. Okay. Yep. This is what your drawings show. This is what's gonna is gonna cost. This is the real cost. Now, do you have that? Yeah. If not, say okay, well, something's gotta give. Either you have to give more money or we have to start knocking things off the list here. It's as simple as that. You're not discounting things just to Please, their pr- price point, right? Well, it's not you can't. We can discount. You're running a business. I can't say to the electrician, "Go on, just do it a little cheaper, would you?" No, no. He's going to yeah. go and work on another job. Yeah, exactly. Like work. that's yeah. my rate. That's my number. I've I've got experience that's associated with that number, right? There's a reason that number's that number. Exactly. Why we charge these people at this thing? Yeah. At this so it's good today. that you bring them in. You bring them through, so you can have an open conversation about what's the best course of action. I've done that all the time as well, yeah. too, which makes a lot of sense. I've always had mechanical meetings, like. You come in, everyone come in, like it's all, it's nobody's swinging a hammer at that time. No, everyone well, is just looking for, it's all notepads, notepads, right? So all of a sudden you're just like going, okay, let's talk about this bathroom. Let's talk about this bedroom. Let's talk about this. Exactly. We've got the plans there, the printed yeah. off, they can look at certain things. And who's got a problem? Hands come up. Yeah. Who's got a solution? Hands come up. It's as simple as that. So they're all coming through, uh, not together, but yeah, we do kind of, okay, you're coming at eight, you're coming at nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, but guaranteed yeah. the nine o'clock's turn up at nine o'clock, the eight o'clock's turn up at nine o'clock, and the 10 o'clock's running early. Because they know the value of this conversation. Yeah. It's extremely important, right? It is very important. So, you know, just figure out the logistics. Like, well, if you're working there, I can be here, we can be doing this, or I can't start until this person started. So as well as putting the pricing together, we're also asking them about timelines and starting to work on the schedule and coming up with a, yeah, a realistic yeah. schedule. Yeah. Also, and it's, it's good for all the trades to get a sense of this clarity so then they can start planning their own schedule because that's not the only job that they're working, oh, no. right? It might be your only job as a business, but it's not. But the thing is, all the sub-trades, everybody else that's included, they've they're got, busy like, people. Maybe, yeah, they've got yeah. like 12 jobs on the go and they have to refresh their memory and they have to figure out what stage each job is going on at. So it's nice it's, and it's very well respected if a GC is actually pulling that off, right? It's For so them, cool. right? Yeah, it certainly helps us. And it gives us the, you know, the proper time to kind of Sit down, go through the drawings, you know, have the highlighter out. Okay, there's this, there's all this. I haven't heard of this before. Simple. Yeah. Have you seen what's the what's the climb been like in the last twenty years? What have they become? You know, we've got we've had some fantastic clients. Yeah. People who could call me on a Sunday evening. Yeah. You know, typically, the phone goes on. Do not dis- disturb from five a.m. Uh, five p.m. to a seven a.m. But there's some clients out there we've had who 
call me on a Sunday night. Yeah, I'll come and change your light bulb. You've been yeah. an awesome person. Um, other people, I wouldn't answer the phone to. Um, because they've been clients from hell. We've had a few of those. I'm, I'm glad those are life lessons. Yes. <laughs> and uh, certainly based on recent experiences, you know, you have to go with that intuition. And you know, when you're, you know, clients are interviewing you. Of course. But you're interviewing the clients. Of course. You have some, I mean, give me something to build. I can build it for you. That's not me blowing my own trumpet. I can build a lot of uh, stuff for you. But if you're going to be a pain in the ass to work with, that's the hardest part of the project. I'm sorry. It's like, I don't even think it's at the same worth to give the an increase in price point for being the hardest ass in the project. Right? Our price is our price. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I hear those like kind of F off prices where like, of course. Goes, I mean, if I don't want a job, I'm telling you, I don't want the job. I don't want to do it. My yeah. team's not ready. You know what? Yeah. We're not a good fit. It's as simple as that. You need to interview. I mean, someone came up with it the other day. And uh, I kind of laughed about it. I thought about it after. It's like, okay, the client's going to ask you for three referrals. Like, well, yeah, I need three from you as well. Can I get your mechanic? Can I get your doctor? Can I get like, And uh, I'd like to try that someday. I, like, yeah, I, I, I totally want to try person. that. Yeah. I totally want to try that. Yeah, it's true. And I, I think that when you're going for a job, you ask as many questions as you're asked to answer. So if they're asking you yeah, a you question, have you have that. to ask this one. This is simple. I mean, it's, t- it's tennis. Building a, a shed or a deck that. or something like that yeah, is, is a week, two weeks max. But some of these big projects, they can be 6, 12, 18 months. There's lots. Of, you're getting it's to know long, these people and their family and their friends and their social media. Yeah. You're getting to know everything about these people. So sure. it's true. Yeah, give me yeah. three references. How do you kind of pre-qualify? I want to speak to your doctor, your mechanic, and your... Yeah. Yeah. Then and your neighbors. Give me your neighbors. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'll be a good one to find out. Well, I usually find that out when you start surveying the area and you're going in there and then you're starting What's to get window. I've had clients tell me, he goes, don't worry, you won't have a problem with that one. You should be okay with this one. And then it's usually the, the reverse. Right. That one that you said was not going to be a problem was the major problem on the project. And that one that you said was going to be Every a problem street has one. was fine. Yeah. So it's just, you don't know, it's how you present yourself at that point, right? But yeah. we're the bad guy. We're the contractor that always, always. makes yeah, the yeah. noise, brings the bin, brings the traffic, starts too early, yeah. legally allowed to start as early as we do start, work until as late as we want to work. I had, once. I was, I had the jackhammer, and I was respectful. I can't remember what part of town, I think we're in Midtown. You know, we can start at seven. Yeah. You can start making noise at seven. Of course. This is eight o'clock. Of course. And we're taking this um, concrete porch apart. This guy comes out and he's dressed in the yard, just raising. Do you mind? I'm trying to eat breakfast. Like, fuck. Everyone grab a jackhammer now. I was like, like do you eat breakfast now? It's almost lunchtime. Yeah. I've had that with generators when certain, um, I guess, like spray foam or somebody comes on and they got to turn over, the, they got to crank it over. And I think a lot of homeowners don't realize that for the majority of the good tradies out there, they start on time. Yeah. They'll show up early, stand around, have a conversation, have coffee, their coffee, chatting, chatting getting ready to go. Everyone's looking at the clock, you know, just like side-eye looking at the clock. As soon as it turns 7 o'clock, turn it over. Your time. And get it started. We get that the rest of the world wakes up after 7 o'clock, but yeah. we've been up since 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning Sometimes, to get the day yeah. started, right? So That's a beauty to wake up early. I wake up, go to the gym, and kids are still asleep, and get some stuff done. Yeah. Don't you guys work out on the job site all the time? That's a physical job. That's your workout. Shut up and just yeah. work out there. Don't. Go. Yeah, I'm not going to have this conversation with you, right? So just no, I just yeah. ignore it at that point, and then they get you know they berate you. I can't hear you. I can't exactly. Hear you. Like exactly. On, right? yeah. So I just I just shake my head. But I wanted to ask you, how was George Brown when you went there? Great. Yeah, it was, it was good. A, a fantastic course. I learned a lot from it. So you're talking about how the business has progressed or changes that we've seen. I started off as a carpenter, not a businessman. I needed to Nobody it. starts off as a business, yeah. construction-wise. I, I didn't go to business school. I didn't learn anything about that. So I went, as the company was evolving, I went back to do 
a project management course. Okay. And within there, there was you know, uh, the estimating side of things. There was you know, scheduling. Um, is it up to uh, date? Like an eight, no, it was in the evenings. evenings. No, no, no. Sorry, is it up to date? Like all this teaching, these are they relevant this, to current job sites? I learned a lot from it. It was definitely more aimed at the commercial world than the residential world. Yeah, it's still worth it because it brought the business in a, a different direction. And okay. then I went on to do. I mean, George Brown. I thought it was a fantastic college, but this was this wasn't me being hands on. This is the theory side of the business, yeah. which we needed at that stage. We yeah. got to the stage where yeah. I wasn't getting enough information from other people. So, okay, what do I do? So I became the project manager then. Did and then, how was the class? The kids, everybody else that was coming up. You know what? It was. Um, a lot of people going back to school, a lot of adults there, and very different to the school days because you know, I'm paying for this now. I'm of paying course. for this course. So you had the people in, talk, in front of me talking. Like, shh, 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 I'm trying to learn here. So quickly went from the back of the class to the front of the class there with my notes. I mean, when you want to go and learn something, you're going to give it your full You're going to pay attention. You can tell the people who have been sent there by work, like, oh, yes, Thursday night, we could be out doing this, this, and this. And yet they're just there. I'm just here for the credit. Just, just there for show. Yeah. Like, I'll get a pay rise if I do this, but. I but to they don't realize that they're missing this huge opportunity. Like it's going to benefit them later on in life. So, I mean, you, you can certainly tell the ones who are keen to learn and the others who are just been kind of, who are there because they had to be there. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious that. about some of the framing tricks that you've learned over time to make your life easier. Cause I've always said on the show, respect sure. in the next trade where it's like, you know exactly what's going to happen as a result if you frame a room this way or a home this way. Sure. And and I've done this before. I've done chases for home automation. I've done specific chases knowing that six-inch, eight-inch lines of HVAC are going to run through here. So then I'm already preparing for all this stuff. I don't need you to come in and be that beaver HVAC person that's just going to raw out so everything. Chainsaw, like, ding, ding, and, ding, ding. and then now you got to go back in and fix all that stuff. So I'm just, I'm trying to anticipate that. So are there little things that you're, I know I've done it several times for niches and showers where sure. you already start preparing it for it and knowing that you're not going to build a small niche. You, you know the couple is going to want a larger exactly. space, right? So there's lots of framing tips that you've come across. So I mean, just when it comes to a niche, you know, a lot of times you'll see a designer or architect put in a, try and put a niche into a two by four wall. Straight away, that's not big enough to take your, your bottle of shampoo. Now it's like, touch my hair. I don't use too much <laughs> shampoo. I do during the winter you down here uh, when I get the insulation back. So automatically, uh, a niche, two by six wall. Yeah, all the time, for yeah. sure. And, uh, you know, there's other tricks to it. It's like, okay, you know, you're routering out the back of the, uh, the niche so you can put some plywood on the back. Yep. Um, so you've got a decent backing. Rather than going straight back to the, the drywall, yep. which is going to be no good. and Because um, you know what the future is going to be like on the other side of that drywall. Exactly. Yeah, give it a few years. Is, yeah, for sure. That's disappearing. So what we've created, and with the help of a, yeah, a business coach and his checklist, a guy, I don't know if you've come across this guy, Brian Kaplan. Okay. Fantastic business coach. Uh, he's here uh, in Toronto? He was. A, um, he's in Vancouver as well now. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, construction and consulting. Uh, we work with him during the days of the pandemic, just to get our systems in order. You know, the company had grown to that stage where, you know, we'd just taken, we literally just took Tessa on as everything kind of shut down. It's like, okay, welcome now, everyone. We're hiring. Go home. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, we needed to figure out okay, new systems, and he helped with some checklists. And now we have a lot of checklists in place that when the crews go to the site, it's okay. Let's say it's just a, a framing job they're doing. Okay. These are the tools that you need. Rather than getting to the job site, Oh, the sledgehammer. Oh, forgot the framing nail. It's like, okay, there's the checklist. And you Tessa had everything. Taking care of all that? She's, she's the one that's kind of managing that, or are you guys? Well, it's almost a copy and paste now. So got it, okay. Uh, Brian got us onto using the Google Drive, so you know, the people at the sites. I like that. 
can just go and look at the drawings. They're not yeah. costly on the phone, but yeah. sometimes they're costly on the phone looking for these details. And I, I can't look at drawings for a job site on a phone. On a phone, I, you I, can't. I, I print it off. I put a it on tablet, the you can. I prefer paper. Yeah. I know. I like paper because so then you can kind of lay this out here and yep. see multiple screens and yeah. pages at the same time. So what it meant was by going on the drive, you know, people who turn up at the one job site, like, okay, here's, a, here's the to-do list. So for each job we had, like, okay, here's the to-do list, like this, what the electricians have to do, this, what the carpenters have to do, this, what the plumbers need to do. And, um, you know, they'd be sent out each week. So it's just really keeping everyone on the same page. Yeah, we'll He's very that. familiar with construction? Brian? Oh, yeah, he had a, yeah. Uh, a company in the city. Okay. It was him who really put our systems into place. You know, we were organized to a company of four or five people. You know, we, we had the notes we had to have, but when we kind of grew even more and took on an office manager... We need to get things online. Yeah. How is it dealing with, um, like, I'm assuming you're not on the tools all that often these That's days. That's right. You're yeah. on the business. You're handling the clients and you're yeah. scheduling and working all the trades and the suppliers and you're preparing everything. And also you're doing sales and getting out more words so then you can get more projects coming. Lots of hats, lots of hats. Lots of hats yeah. at that point. Different kinds of hats, right, at that point. But, I mean, how is it dealing with the clients, like, are you the one that's just always the point person with the client? Like, are they always expecting you on the job site? Are they always expecting you to be Yeah, there? and that's something, you know, I have to go. It's like your wall of construction. Like, they expect you to be everywhere. Oh, right? yeah. Like, we said construction time is seven till four most days. That I'm not there from seven He's till there. Four. He's yeah. there. He's no, there. No, no you can't there. be. Yeah. I've got a project manager. I've got representatives of you. Exactly. I can't be everywhere. You know, we've got a couple of jobs on the go at any one time. Um, you know, certainly with the timber frame side of things, I've got those out in the, uh, the garage, the workshop. And everything's there, so I can take a break, go inside, make myself a cup of tea, um, <laughs> and then deal with those things. I mean, certainly when I am on the tools, phone goes down. I'm not being disturbed. It's easy for you to do that? No. <laughs> no, it, it, it's not. Uh, silent is a great feature on the phone. Um, I, mine's always on silent. Yeah. It's just, I've done no notifications, always on silent. Because you need to concentrate on stuff. And the more distractions you have, it's going to slow you down. You're going to forget what you're doing, so... Some people want those distractions to make the, move, the day move faster. And I don't it think it makes it, it move faster. It slows it, it slows down. the day down. It totally yeah. does, right? So I'm definitely not on the tools as much as I want to be on the tools. Um, but that's, a, that's kind of where we've got to. And that's why I, I keep pushing the timber side of things because I can go and do things. It's there. While other things are being. Yeah. And then kind of jump back and forth because I can, if I need to run to the site, it's like, okay, I can leave this here. When I get back, it's still going to be there. You know, on a construction site, it's a lot like uh, being at home with your kids. If you leave that there, it's not going to be there in a half hour when you get back to it. Yeah, <laughs> someone's moved it, someone's put it somewhere else. Oh, it looks better over here. It's magic. And that's the thing I like about having uh, you know, the workshop. Is I'm very kind of anal with the tools where it's like, okay, this goes here, that goes there. So I need something, I turn around, and it's there. Surprise, surprise, it's been put back where it belongs. Yeah. yeah. Are guys still doing that? I remember back in my early days, a lot of cutouts of this is where this belongs, this is the tool that belongs here, and then you replace it here. Are they still doing that these days? Or is it just a little, like a pack-out kind of Oh, pack-outs on the job site? Everything. I mean, it takes yeah. over half the site. Yeah, I know. Everyone's got. The, I mean, I'm not sure if they've got that many tools or they're just keeping their lunch and a lot of these things, like, yes, you walk away and there's lunch and like, you know, snacks and everything else. And Someone's yeah. creating a pack out with their lunch in it. And there's, actually, that's pretty genius if you think yeah. about it. You have different trays and compartments and you could put like bread so, and cold cuts. You have a shrimp ring. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to figure that yeah, yeah. out. I'm sure Milwaukee's working on that where I start yeah. seeing coolers and all they kinds. They will be now. Yeah. It's just going to happen, right? <laughs> I wanted to ask you about um, 
I guess the pros and cons of working in Toronto. Other than the yeah. traffic, right? Okay, that's that's the key one. And I think mm-hmm. us as as contractors, we know about we're going to discover certain things, right? It's just inevitable. It's going to happen. Pros and cons. So you know, you talk about the traffic. It's also you know, trying to park space. It's a very congested city. Yeah, um, and it's tough to get around. That's why I've kept kind of the renovation side just to the west end. Yeah, which is a lot lighter. Like, yeah, and this place is two parking. There's more space in between the homes. Um, and for me, logistically, I don't want to be driving around constantly. No. No. You know, it makes us more efficient uh, if everyone's somewhat close together. So Frank calls in sick. Like, okay, well, Frank can't make it today, so I'm going to take this person from here, put that person there. It's and an they're not traveling fix. from one side to another. Uh, well, yeah. one side town to another side town. Or someone's missing a tool or a tool breaks or you know, they send something out on WhatsApp. Listen, no, we need a small drywall patch. Does anyone have a, a two by two piece of drywall? So rather than driving off to it and just move store, it, like, okay, we've got it here. It's in the garage around the corner. So that I mean, but that's problem solving at that point, right? It is. I so mean, I mean, that's I mean, one of the pros of working in the city. It's very diverse. You're going to meet a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, different flavors of what they want design. Different flavors for lunchtime. Yeah. So that's that's the yeah. one positive thing I would say is that there is such a variety of different I mean, foods that you can enjoy. Great people out there as well. Um, yeah, it's a busy city. It's a city that's falling apart. Well, the homes are falling apart, so there's a lot of work out there. Um, yeah, what are the pros, what are the cons? I've got my share. It's just that, yeah, you're probably on the same page. It makes a lot of sense. It's just how it is. And I think that when you go and quote a job, especially in the core, just make sure you're covering all your bases. Like you're just looking at all the ups and downs that attached to that job sure. and see what the cost factor is attached to that. Because you know you're going to get stress levels. Stress yeah. as well, mental as well, everything. So you, you know you're going to get tags. You're going to get parking tags. It's just yeah. inevitable it's going to happen. It's almost like a game between you and the parking person. That that it's just like you're trying I to go in there. More. Don't ever think that you're going to park for two seconds and just go in and drop off a tool okay. or drop you off see some, what I'm doing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're getting tagged. Like They're really efficient nowadays with their digital taggers, uh-huh. right? Well, it gets printed out as faster than you getting your receipt from a store when you're purchasing something. That's how quick it is. So it's, it's just... A lot of pressure's already going up just to yeah. yeah, and there's no reason to get upset at them. They're doing... Their job, you're trying to do your job, but you're so when you're quoting, but they can jobs, use some gray matter and see what's happening. There. Of course, right? You, is it is it a danger? Are you in front of a fire hydrant? Is there actually a fire happening at that time, or are you just unloading your tools so you can go and park around the corner? Yeah, sure, I've met my fair share of good people that are doing that job, and they've been very respectful and they understand, they get it, right? But so with any kind of job out there, it's gonna be the good ones, it's gonna be the bad ones, without a doubt. Yeah, it's just how it is. That's just construction and trauma, mm-hmm. right? But I, I mean. But yeah, that's definitely one of the big cons. Yeah. And just the stress of it. As yeah, you just try to unload your truck. Exactly, yeah, you're right? Only earning so much a day. That's to feed your family, not theirs. No, they don't need it. Yeah. How much you want to grow, Paul? Like, are you are you already, I guess with Tessa and everybody else in the team, yeah. are you already starting to plan what 2025 is going to start to look like for you guys? Like, yeah, like I mean, there's a lot of cool things happening uh, yeah. early 2024, which um, I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, Interesting just, projects or just new ideas? Both. Both, okay. Both, without a doubt. Um, yeah, to really have the two divisions going and be able to kind of train people on on both aspects. You know, next thing I'm looking for is a business manager who can deal with half that crap that I don't want to deal with. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big thing with growth as well. Is that you get to a stage where no, I don't need to do that anymore. Like we were talking about like, driving through the city. I had to go and pick up uh, restoring these uh, tables and chairs the other day. 
Okay. Not a normal project for us, but it was kind of a nice little gap fill in between. A client them. asks you, yeah. can you handle this kind of thing? Yeah. yeah, and of course we've done lots of staining when it comes to like the big wood. You're still doing like woodworking yeah. and timber framing is woodworking in my opinion. Oh, without a doubt. 100%, right? So it's a very kind of technical kind of woodworking. But yes. It's like, okay, I don't want to be stuck in the truck going all the way there and all the way back. I can't do anything. I, I can't make phone calls. Well, you can't make phone calls, but you can't take notes. You can't send texts, send emails, et cetera, et cetera. No, and you don't want to be distracted. Greg, there's the key. You're going, I'm getting some work done. Exactly. I said, okay, great, I can do it now. I mean, earlier this year, I had to get one of the uh, the crew members to be a chauffeur for the day, so I had to go to lots of job sites, but I had to get things done at the same time. So they're there driving the, one of the trucks. It's efficient. And I'm just making, so I had to go to these places, but I had to get other things done. Um, so as we grow, yeah, I want to do more of what I want to do, the fun side of the business, and have someone else deal with what is the fun the side of the business for you? Making sawdust. Just making sawdust. Yeah. Just coming yeah. up with interesting little projects. Yeah, and just like stepping away from something like, wow, that's good. That's going to last. That looks good. It's going to last. Yeah. If you work in the trades, maybe you're a plumber, a framer, or an electrician, you need to check out Black Ladder Workwear. Their work clothes are tough, functional, and durable, much like you might find in high-end outdoor gear, but it's designed specifically for work in the trades. They put a ton of intentional thought into their products, everything from knee pad inserts, zip-off utility pockets, and reinforced inseams. They've got it all. Visit blackladder.ca forward slash en forward slash tcl to learn more and take 15% off your order by using code tcl at the checkout. Who's, uh, whose idea was the, um, I saw the step, cedar steps, the block steps on the side of the house, or the side of the porch there was where you actually did block steps out of cedar and worked its way down. Right, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. on, basically along the grade, right? Yeah. Like, was that the homeowner designer yourself? I think that. Whoever came up with something that she had seen, and it's like, okay, well, is this kind of classic Instagram or house or Pinterest? Pinterest yeah. Oh, can you make it look just like that? It's like, listen, you're not down in California. <laughs> you know, you can't just walk out onto this. Uh, We're dealing with Mother Nature, and grade exactly. is one thing, and wood is another thing. So I, I think between us, we kind of came up with this concept of how it was going to be done. I think there's some trial and error as the guys were pouring the concrete to like offer support. It's like, okay, you've got all these different blocks and. How does it kind of connect and support each other? It and kind of the ones I like those technical ones where you I, I, figure stuff out. Not only were you stepping down one way, you were stepping down right angle to the other way. So you're coming off the porch, and then you could either head north or head e south. Exactly, the, which is really it was so. smart about that. And then it got me thinking about how I know that a lot of concrete guys will do the um, the floating slabs where it's the steps, and so they have that gap in between. And it got me thinking, why can't you just do that with wood as well too? If there's a way to do it, to make it look like each each, each of these pads, these steps are floating, floating in wood. Space. Because, I mean, the, the concrete one looks good, but, I mean, someone should try to do it in I wood. I guess, yeah, with that, yeah, you've had that thickness of wood. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of a two-by-six substructure built and then kind of clad with the cedar. But if you were to get, I don't know, let's go back to Douglas firs or something, you know, because I can get that in four-inch, six-inch, eight-inch. Yeah, I mean. yeah. Um, which actually is a good wood to do that. And then yeah. what were you doing? Putting piles or you were putting posts in each section to um, secure it? tubes. Sonotubes. So you were doing that yeah. and then, but you technically, I guess you had to put four for each. Well, you, you were, no, because you'd have two for the front of one. Yes. And then the back would connect on. For the other. To the front, which is now connected yeah. to those two. There's a little bit of engineering going on oh, there. Oh, without like doubt. To connect all this stuff together. Solving. Yeah, it wasn't as simple as just we're stepping down. Always need this, yeah. But it's actually, what's nice about it is that it makes you want to casually, just comfortably walk where you need to walk. Yeah. Where it's almost like you could just instinctively walk. You don't have to plan it, right? Yeah, well, some of these things, you know, it can be trial and error. 
yeah, we come across a lot of projects where we haven't done it before or it hasn't been done before. Yeah. And um, it's like, okay, well, how are we going to make this work? Sure, we've done something very, very similar on another project, but it's now up to you to kind of problem solve, to come up with a solution to, to make this work. And you guys are messing around with a lot of, um, you got to let me know about where you guys found that white oak half round uh, strips. Yeah, I think there's a... Um, where it's tag on there. Okay. That was an interesting product. I think it came out from the States. Is it from the States? Yeah, because yeah. you could either use it on a flat or you can actually use it on a curve. Curve around the kitchen. Because of the shape of the wood, yeah. yeah. But it actually gives it a really nice look. It's a really nice kind of texture to it, without a doubt. Yeah. And it's kind of a you know, on a, a backing, so you're not doing each individual strip. Yeah, you were adhering it with wood glue, like floor wood glue, yeah. which made Stick a lot of sense. Stick it to the wall to make a kind of a, what's it called, a, the headboard, yeah. the back of someone's bed. It was nice. It turned out great. Yeah, that was a really great project. We just, in fact, as we speak now, final building inspection's happening over there, so... Oh, is it okay? Yeah, yeah. it's that recent, huh? Yeah. I like it when you get inspectors on the site and, and you've had a chance and an opportunity to build something interesting, visually, right? Interesting. Sure. And then you get uh, you get an inspector walk on the site and, and they forget for a second why they're there. Like, they have to be professional and be... You know, be that person, right? Yeah, where they're just inspecting. Okay, they're but then they, like, they, they, they stop for a second and appreciate the quality of the craftsmanship that was done here. And they look at the details and are going, that's actually pretty nice. And the nice thing is, you know, we've been in business now 15 years that building inspectors have been to our sites before. They know our standards. And it, they kind of come through and sometimes, yeah, they're still doing their job, they're still inspecting. But other conversations break out. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah, and it's good because you need that kind of working relationship. Like before. you're a human being. <laughs> yeah, everyone's on the same page here. But it's nice sometimes if you come across an issue to be able to, to reach out to them. Say, listen, we've come across this. I don't need an inspection. I just need you to come by and just let's say some of these older homes, head height issues or space in the hallway. Okay, well, if I move this wall to here, then we don't have a bedroom. If I bring this thing up to to code and kind of working through those problems again to come up with a a product that's going to suit everyone. I wish more architects would understand the opportunity of making walls a little thicker to benefit opportunities for trades on site like the mechanical walls like i've never sure. been a, i know code is you can have a wet wall between two bathrooms yeah. and code is still two by four i never understood that i've always made it two by six minimum because you know how much stuff is going to be well you got drilled the out of there through there you got things going through you got elbows you yeah got all kinds of stuff so why do you want to weaken that wall so just make it i've made it i've made them projects two by six two by eight because i just knew i just knew that they needed that freedom to run all these things right like your ducting, for example. And what That's you, not small. Yeah, and what are you like? What are you really sacrificing at that point when you're trying to make everything as efficiently run as possible, right? Yeah, that's one of the beauties of you know, again going back to those pre-construction days when we're looking at these things. Like, okay, if you go put this here, well, why have you located this here? Yeah. If you locate this somewhere else. Yeah, and we've seen plumbing on the uh, exterior walls, which is a big no-no. Certainly, yeah, up in this climate. I've always uh, fought that, but I mean, in the climate, yeah, and then you. I mean, you can use a product like spray foam and you can actually pull that off. It has to be done a certain way. Sure. But again, if it's the wall, you fatten up the wall. But nowadays well, with our code, you're two by six exterior walls anyway. So we've got that space. So we can get the art that we need to get, but we can still run the plumbing that we need to get. So I've, I've never liked, uh, you know, um, toilet supply lines uh, coming out of the floor. I never understood that. I always wanted to come out of the wall and I didn't care. If make it sure it's high enough so the baseball can still get Well, I always read the instructions of whatever toilet they're, they're, the client wants and that manufacturer, if they're a good enough manufacturer, they tell you where the crosshairs are for that supply. 
So then you park it right there. I know that electricians will grab their tube or their hammer. This is the height of a receptacle box. They'll do that. I know that plumbers will go like, no, this is the height of a supply line. I go, no, no, toilets nowadays are being a little more finicky and they they, they have sure, recommendations. Yeah. Exactly, right? So especially skirted ones, like hiding certain things, you have to park it in a certain spot. So if you got to make it work, make it work that way, right? Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. I know that you also um, offer consulting as well right yeah. are you seeing an uptick with clients in i i always said yeah clients will it's in their best interest to talk about this rental right so absorb that consulting fee not sure. just from the designer or the or the architect or social media expert um speak to the trade speak to the gc and consulting and have a conversation with that person about opportunities on this project and what we can do and what we can bring to the table before you even set up on site right yeah, I mean, again, it's kind of, kind of pre-qualifying items. Like, hey, are you actually serious about this project? Because 150 bucks for like a, an hour consultation and the write-up isn't a lot of money. It's nothing. No. You're yeah. driving there, you're spending the time there, you're doing a walkthrough with them. You're getting back to them with good advice. And, um, yeah, we've, we've had some people like really kind of push back against that. No, I'm not doing that. Oh, no, no, I've had 13 other people come out and do it for free. Like, I mean, you're probably not the person I want to work for then. Yeah. And uh, others like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say the majority of jobs that we've kind of done that on, we've got on to take that job on. and Because they've seen the value. Yeah. Or they're like, you know what? You know, you've come out and given me some real numbers based on previous items. Yeah. We can't afford to do this just yet. But, you know, I go out and kind of talk with people about you know, what they want to do. You know, some people have some great visions. And you know, I, I'm not an endless wealth of knowledge, but you know, I know enough about some things where it's like, you're not going to be able to do that. You're probably not going to be able to do that. You have to kind of change your your plans on some things here. But on the, on the but side of the clients, I mean, if the client were to an interview three different GCs and pay a $150 fee to do this interview and have an honest conversation about their project, realistic apples and apples conversation, yeah. it's only going to benefit them. Well, that's 450 bucks they spent. It's nothing. And they're going to save that straight away. Yeah. That's not even a trade for a day. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you, your project will move a lot faster at that point. I think the they problem is that... The, the industry has created a, a culture of um, you can get a lot of things done for free in construction. Oh, yeah. Which is, yeah, you can. Oh, come over here. Give me a price. What, what, what details do you have for me? Oh, I don't. I want you to tell me how much it's going to cost. Now. I'll give you a ballpark. Based, based, ballpark. based on what? Based on what? Yeah, but you're not even building a ballpark. Yeah. It's just I don't understand why you're accepting this number. You don't know anything about this person or the team, the work that they bring in, the quality. Well, that's, I mean, I think you, you've seen our onboarding process. The first thing we want to do and you know, is figure out who this client is and yeah, some key person. things you can kind of pick yeah. up in a telephone conversation. Even better with a Zoom call. And one of the beauties about it. You want to see. Yeah. I want to see that. Body language. Reaction huge, to certain key words. Yeah. It's important. So rather than driving that hour across town to meet with someone for an hour and then come back, like, if you can do a Zoom call, you can figure out a lot of things out from there and save yourself you know, time. You'll figure it out on both sides. This is true. So, yeah, before you've even gone out and met with them, it's always important to have that. A lot of people just email, email, email. Yeah, yeah, No one yeah, wants to make yeah, a call yeah. anymore. It's a disconnect. Yeah. I want to be able point. to speak to the person. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can, like you say, pick up in their voice or key words that they're saying. It's like, mm, I've seen some red flags here. Yeah. What, what makes for a good client for you? Like, what do you like to see from a client, a, a future client of yours? Go to that initial interview and there's a tea and a coffee. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I remember it was a, a job years ago. Just a little it, thing, eh? It is. It's um, being on the same page. Um, 
you know, obviously you want to work with someone you you could be on the same page with that. You know, it's a relationship at the end of the day. You need to be on the same page. You know, we've taken on jobs in the past where it's like, okay, these people seem like a pain in the butt, but we need to work. And of course, you know, they haven't gone. As well They've as gone that route. Um, what I'd like to see in a client, just you know, when they're asking questions about whatever subject, and you give an answer, that, yeah, they may come back with another question. But not, oh, no, no, I read on the internet, like, this is this and this is this. And like, okay, or... The classics are, we've done plenty of renovations before, and it was like this now. So, so why are you, why are you not calling them back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's why a reason why you're not calling yeah. them back, right? goes back to the references. Can Classic. you give me their numbers? Yeah. yeah <laughs> let me speak to them. Uh, go from there. I could, I could probably do this all myself. You know, the, the foundation, Great. the framing, the electrical. You can Great. do it all yourself. So why did you call me then? I had a GC last night send me a text of a picture of a bathroom that was just a horror show. And the clients reached out to him to take it over because they started the project and they used online resources to do this project. And it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. It was just the tub was in there already. It was already working. It was a wall-mounted faucet. And um, part of the walls were not even finished drywall. The ceiling wasn't even finished drywall. There was no tile up yet. And they wanted this GC to take it over. Um, and they wanted it done by Christmas. And just to let everybody know, we're, what are we, like three weeks away we're from Christmas? Less yeah, than three yeah. weeks away from Christmas, right? Sure, so no it's, problem. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I just, I responded back to the GC. I said, get HGTV to finish it for them. and just Because like, they can do it in a week. If, half if, the price, if they've okay. learned it from online, get them to finish it at that point. You don't need a professional at that point. You never do. You never do. No, we're yeah. way underqualified, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Like, it has to be done by this day. It has to be done by this day. Like, yeah, why is that? I want to ask you, there was that one job, I think it was in High Park, the vertical strips, the cladding on the outside, where you actually were, and this is beautiful, by the way, if anybody gets to take a look at it, you started the vertical strips on the second story, you mitered it underneath to create the soffit of it, and then you continue that same vertical strip on the face of the main story, and and I was like going, not all come to mind, because we've done a few like It's a backyard, it's a Back, so it, addition. It, it was an addition. Is it a square box or was it kind of that kind? It was a square box. There's two in, in question here because there yeah. was one that had the the shakes. One so that had, had the green, board. Yeah, and that had the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, um, yeah, the vertical strip, the thin vertical strips that you had, those were all wood. Those were not composite, were they? I think that's a. Um, Okay. The project is enclosed up to date. That was composite. That was composite, that was composite huh? yeah. So that was that pattern of composite where it's maybe three or four strips. In it's each probably piece. about six inches wide with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that looked like composite, group. huh? That was composite, yeah. Wow, because it looked pretty good like a wood. Yeah, I think that's just the editing on the photo. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> it, it looked like wood to me, but I was yeah. very impressed that the miters continued from the vertical to the horizontal to well, the vertical Well, you do again. have um, yeah, there are joining strips. Yeah. There's corners, like inside, yeah. exterior and uh, interior. How do we do that? Yeah, we just took the time. And you know, the guys do take their time to get things right. I'm very anal about that. Of it's course. Like, okay, this needs to be right. This is our name on here. I want it to be right. There's been times where stuff has been installed and I haven't been happy. And it's like, okay, it's coming out. It's going back in again. Yeah. It always boggled my mind when you had such details like that being built and you you, you lost an opportunity where you had someone that was too lazy and they didn't want to keep it consistent and have a full piece at the very end as much as the sure. full piece in the beginning. So you create a sliver at the end when all you really had to do was just fatten up the strips on that wall I to make it. Getting with that one, what we did was we took a, one of those boards and cut it down into little pieces and we laid it out across that. Okay, we're going to start, we're going to cut this one. Yeah. Same and thing. And we deck sometimes. I, like, okay, I well, know. 
Yeah, you want that little strip at the end. Okay. You don't want it. We've got the five and a half inches, and then we're doing the invisible fasteners, which is about three sixteenths. We're gonna literally screw it all the way down, and sometimes, like, you know what? We're just gonna put another two by six on the end here, so it wraps, and it just looks good. It, it, take a little pride in your work. It looks very custom. It takes like a little that. longer, but yeah, but um, it's beneficial. Well, the, the benefits is it's gonna look great for a long, long time. Rather than every time they step up, you're like. Why is there why, why do they do it like there? that? Why didn't why they? Just start like, I've done that with tile. I've done it with mosaics. I've done it. Like you just want to plan it all out and just get full pieces, right? Well, I was showing the guys the other day on the job site about the um, the jig. They got the trend jig for doing the doors. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you don't want to jump on those $300 doors and start routering these things out. Grab a two by four, okay? You know, it's going to be six inches down, nine inches up with the, uh, the hinges, one in the middle. Test it on this. And, you, know, you get your depth. Because if you start on that door and ruin that door, well. That's one door now. Yeah. Thanks. And now you either got to order that door, and if there's lead time on it, yeah. or you have to try to repair it, which you don't want to. No, it never looks good. A it patch, good. it never works. I don't care how genius of a trim person you are. You, you want to slice, got, you got, you you're going to see, see it, it line. Yeah. You totally see the line, right? Do you, have, um, do you have a favorite species of wood that you like working with? Cedar? Douglas or fir, fir or cedar. Yeah. Fur is getting expensive these days, no? It is, but again, people want it. But we have an abundance of it in this country, so why is it getting yeah. expensive? Transport costs, I guess. From out west. Yeah. yeah. Over this way. you got plenty out that way. Um, maybe transport, maybe it's uh, the demand. Oh, yeah, we can charge, everyone wants this. We can charge a little bit more for it. It's I mean, funny it how, I mean, like, wood, aren't, it's good. aren't most of the Toronto homes the older ones? They were oh, all Douglas fir, firm. Yeah. Like, they yeah, were all I framed and, with Douglas fir. When those studs come out, the, uh, the joists come out, I try and save those. For those I never projects. throw them out. I've got yeah, a stack. Yeah. I just keep yeah. them. I'm like, this is going to get used one day. Yeah. I know, something's going to come up. Yeah, they were Douglas firs. Plus, they were dead straight. Yeah. And you look at the grain <laughs> pattern on them as well. <laughs> Tight. They're, they're not forested like that. You no. You look at the new stuff now and you must put your fingers in between like the gaps. Well, because it's just profit. Exactly. That's all Let's it get is. It out quickly. It's a profit, right? Get it done. Get it. Get it grown. Get it harvest. Get it onto the site, and it's just hockey stick after hockey stick, exactly. and then you got a banana tree. No, it's just bad at them. I wanted to ask you about. Uh, you had the opportunity. I've never done this before, but you did a job with warm board. Yes. Did you enjoy it? Um, I'm not a fan. That's the only. Okay. Reason. It made sense for that um, for that project job there because. The other way to have done it was, yeah, you have your subfloor down, then you can yeah, nail down the boards and put concrete down there. Yeah. Uh, not concrete, what's the, um, the, the, the substance they put on top? But we wouldn't have been able to ship it. Typical Toronto home is very thin in between the houses, so we wouldn't have been able to get a pump truck to be able to get that to oh, come back. So to get it we, in there. I don't think we could even get the cement mixer down back to kind so of do ourselves. That was the it was reason a why. Big huh? square footage that yeah. would have taken a lot longer and been more expensive that way. And you think, that wasn't the home. There was one home in a, a Toronto, not too far, Hyde Park area again. But you know, there's not much space in between the homes. And we had this uh, new labourer start. And he was green as green could be. Uh, during the pandemic when you couldn't find anyone. I was like, listen, take all these bricks, put them in the barrow, bring them to the back of the house and empty them in the bin. And he comes by and uh, he's like, I got the wheelbarrow stuck in it. I'm just thinking, stuck in the mud. No, he's got it stuck in between the two homes because it's like three foot on one side and it goes down to like two foot the other side. And he must have been going out at some pace because he had it wedged, wedged. Like we had to take the bricks out, like yanking this thing back. But wow. Yeah, I think with that one, we had to go with it. And I think the architect was expect it as well. Okay. It just seemed like a, a smart product to, to use. It's an expensive yeah. product and it's a it very was customized product too, right? Yeah. You got to send them drawings. They're going to do the layout. If there's lots of turns... 
Um, but you still have to be conscious. I know that they talk about you can actually nail your finished floor right on top of it, but you still got to be conscious of it. Oh, the, without a doubt. Yeah, you're still very close to those pipes. Yeah. I can't remember if we did glue as well. Did you do glue down I don't on the I think so, yeah. Point? yeah. We, we nailed where we could and put glue everywhere else. Yeah. And I, I just, I know, I, I'm not sold on I know America uses a lot of it, but I don't know. It was nice. Yeah, because we had to bring here. it up from the States. Yeah. Yeah, and a little bit pricey. That's the only thing. But but you're right, though, about the cement. It would have been challenging to get that done that way. That's it, and the logistics of a project can really dictate you know, the cost. Because they're there for pretty much better part of a day if they wanted to bring a cement truck. Oh, yeah. Plus the space, and you need an actual cement truck, plus the hopper, plus and the hoses. Yeah. yeah, and you're just There's running no the There's no laneway access. So, yeah, I've seen some clients not too long ago, and they didn't have any parking. Like, this is going to make the job more expensive. Like, why? We need to kind of explain these things that... You know, when stuff gets dropped off, we can't just leave it you know, on the front yard. No. We now have to bring it inside. Let's go slow things I think down. There's inside. a fine, isn't there? A fine if you leave material obstructing pathways. I wouldn't be at all surprised. I'm just there's saying. a fine for everything. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a fine. You can't even well, you can't even park a bin on the street without a without permit. A permit yeah. And you'll get a fine for that bin, yeah. right? So it's just like it's not worth it sometimes at that point. Yeah, there's a, there's a fine for everything you do, I find now. This show is brought to you by Payne's Window Manufacturing. Window shopping revolutionized. Seeking top-tier windows? Look no further. Payne's Window Manufacturing is the ultimate choice for custom builders, contractors, and homeowners. Visit www.paynes.com now to experience the pinnacle of quality and customization. Get your instant custom quote today. Elevate excellence with us, plus enjoy nationwide shipping across Canada and the U.S. You still a fan of the classic Toronto Step Bevel? Base trim, do you like it? Have you always I, liked it? I don't have a problem with it. No, uh, everybody asks for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just happy to install whatever I'm told. Sometimes when it comes to that, you know, I like it when you get the details where you can really have to scribe it so it joins together. Uh, as long as it's not MDF. Yeah, I, I can't stand. MDF. I can't stand yeah. MDF. No. Uh, but most of the time, it's going to be a paint grade poplar that we're installing. Really, haven't given it much thought, to be honest. Okay. That's the trim. That's what it's trim. That's what they expect yeah. out. Are you getting anybody on your crew doing any jack miters with the step bevel? Because that's what yeah, we rip apart I mean, from the older homes. That's how exactly. they used to do it. And they didn't have all the power tools that we had yeah, today. We've done that on quite a few jobs. And again, it, yeah, it's like, okay, do you want to do your 45? Do you want to do this uh, step bevel? We've done quite a few of them, especially in the older, especially where you're using uh, something that's going to be stained rather than painted. Yes. Then you want to do it then. Yes. There's been a few of those. You know, we've uh, done projects where we've kind of, Taken out the old kind of gum wood, restored it, and then reinstalled that one. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a challenge. Well, it was actually the homeowner who uh, insisted. It, it, this is what they wanted. It, you know, classic kind of old mill home where you know, nice dark wood, and I think he had salvaged. This was a great character, one of my favorite characters and customers of the year. This family, and um, you see renovation projects are happening in different neighborhoods, and go and get the, the gum wood and take it back, and he, he wanted to kind of restore his house to the natural beauty with this stuff. And sure enough, Bruce had gone out and found uh, all these different lengths and, and and we made it work. It was just great. from the neighborhood? like Just in the neighborhood when he saw renovations happening. And, and he listen, would I want that baseball. I need that piece of casing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it saves that GC, that project. Well, it's not going in the bin. It's not yeah, going to waste. Yeah, exactly. I don't think the, uh, the boss of the house there uh, was all too impressed by Bruce's gunwood collection down in the basement. I think she was happy when we came by to, to do the job and use it. Use it all up, but I mean, I love that he was doing that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It does. I mean, if you can certainly reuse a lot of items, I mean, in one of the garages that we have, we have these you know, storage lockers where you know, we keep you know, a lot of the equipment, whether it's scaffolding. 
can't remember how many doors I've got and I've salvaged from going in and at the old 1910 homes that you see in High Park Old Mill, like gorgeous doors with glass. No like reason the to throw like, it out. No. no reason whatsoever to throw it Same out. Same as the Douglas first studs. And yeah. I'm I've done that before things. where you take the old home, the old doors yeah. and then you give you put them into a, a, a new frame. So yeah. then it's it can be a properly. pain sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's a huge pain. If things aren't... House is shifted, so it's coming like it's sanded off here, playing down here. But I know it does look, but good. it's kind of nice that you updated and now there's there's no draft. You don't hear it. You don't feel the cold. Well, it's kind of like a, a it is hat to the air. Uh, it totally is away. right. No, you got to be a little more respectful with that. Um, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I like that you actually spend the effort, time and effort on on building a nice classic kind of nicely designed fence gate. Which one was that? There We've was one that you did where. It was cedar, and it was a horizontal boards, and they had the key lock and on it. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it was just a return on the side of the hinge. And was that a hard sell for the client? Because I've done that sell that's so many times. What she wanted. And okay, so, so that's what she asked for. So that's what she, she didn't got. want to talk to you about the classic board stepped. No, she had a design lattice, in mind. All that crap that I can't stand. Right. So she had something in that mind. That's what I'm, I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she knew what she wanted, and okay. How did she yeah, present it to you? She just verbally or she drew a, a sketch or something? I think she had a couple of classic uh, Instagram and Pinterest posts and you know, sketch. And that was it. Together, so. And obviously, I mean. Yeah, if you give me the inspiration, I can build it. For of you. course. I, I yeah. can figure out the other things. She probably saw the finished product and she was like, that's exactly what I was. I actually yeah. probably thought that, that was better than I exactly what I wanted. It turned out well. It turned out well. I think it turned out great. A deck of uh, pergola and uh, her fence there. Oh, so that was all combined in the same job? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of cedar. At a time when you couldn't find the cedar. It was challenging at that point. Yeah. Right? Are you getting clients coming back at you and asking about maintenance like coming back in the year? Or they they want the cedar just the weather? Not really. I mean, we've had a couple of clients who will come and I saw it. We did a, a neighbor's deck not too long ago. Okay. The next year they had the uh, they had it stained right away. Our painter KP was there staining it. The next year he was back. Like, what are you doing back? What's the problem? He's like, there's nothing wrong with this. They just want it done each year. Like you don't need to do it each year, but it's what they wanted. I mean, some like it to go gray. Some want to maintain that orange and reddish look i mean that you can maintain it if you do it every single year right clean it up a little bit scuff it up i mean in. mine i kind of wish i did i mean okay built out of cedar and it looks great it's now gone gray now but the problem was because i was doing landscaping at the time in the backyard the kids were running through the, the mud kind of running up onto the deck and it kind of got ingrained in there so i had to take the power washer out and clean it down that way a stiff brush but did no, it bring back? It brought back some of the color. It does. Okay. It does. Yeah. I mean, certainly when you look at the posts and you know, the handrails, it cleans up pretty good. But of course, with the foot traffic and everything else, stuff can get ingrained in there. That must have been a lot of work for you too during the pandemic years, because a lot of people wanted to get outside, and so you were <sighs> doing, I guess, deck extensions and pergolas and all kinds of little spaces. Yeah. I mean, I I, I signed up a little decks and porches. Like, okay, you know what? We're not going to be working in people's homes. We're just going to do outside work. It's going to be fine. And we had loads of projects lined up. Couldn't find the materials. I had all these projects yeah, I could have yeah, done. It was and pain. Like, we can't do them. You so went like how many suppliers did you like? Just nobody had. Oh, it. I went all the way up north, um, a place in Cobalt to the home hardware there or whatever building supplier it was, and everywhere from down in Hamilton, London. I was just like desperate to try and find this wood. I knew there was, there was a couple of guys. They were selling raw. Like okay. raw cedar stock, right? So you can get that, but then you'd be, you wouldn't be able to use it for a finishing deck, right? Right, you, which you have to mill it yourself. Exactly, I mean, yeah. and then that just became a whole other world. There's nowhere in the point. city you have like a no. wood miser mill, just like take it. 
And you're not going to be long. running those boards through a 13-inch planer or whatever yeah. and then trying to figure out if you can make them nice and clean for the client. That would just be a nightmare at that point. We did have something like that. We had to run around and get stuff from different suppliers. The thickness of some fence boards or deck boards were different. It was the fence boards. You know, we got some from, let's say, downtown lumber and some from Lakeshore lumber, and there was a different thickness. So we started putting those things on the fence, like, hold on, something's not matching up here. So we had to go get the, uh, the 12-inch uh, planer, and we had that on site just running these boards through. Really, yeah? So they'd all be consistent, yeah. Is the whole crew, are they all dwelled? No, no, it's a mixed match. So you guys are it is now what I've found is with everyone kind of going cordless, yeah. it's like selling your soul to the devil. Of course. Like you make that choice and you have to stick with it now. Yeah. yeah. Whereas at least with the recorded tours, you can pick and choose. I've got everything from Makita, DeWalt. The majority of my stuff is Makita. Yep. There's a few guys on site who have a, I think the majority is Makita. And I'm always on to them, but okay, you got to label your stuff. Everyone's got the same battery. Everyone's got the same drill. That's why I have an engraver. Yeah, I just bought the engraver. I didn't care anymore. I just started engraving it. So it was always oh. it was always a nice trip when Christmas I, gifts coming up. Okay, well, yeah, the wish list. yeah, that's what that's what it was. But then I I like working with certain guys, and I see them use their tools, and then I look at their batteries or something, and I'm like, those are my initials. Why are they on your battery? Yeah, and they would just give you that look, like, yeah, I accidentally picked it up by on the last job or something like that. Sure, okay, I get it. And seen you six months, buddy. You didn't think to call me in the meantime. You got my number, right? <laughs> didn't even make the effort to change the letters, try yeah. to make it a different... Put one at the beginning or at the end, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting close to wrapping up, but okay. I do want to ask you one last question about... Uh, this is just something that came up recently about... There's a lot of associations coming up in construction. Yeah. A lot of associations. And I just find that there's a lot of abuse with these associations regarding monetary reasons, where they're not delivering what they should be delivering and i just want to get your thoughts on that it's just i know that the industry it's good to have a partnership with associations to sure. build your credibility as a business right but i just find it that once they kind of get you on board and you're a member of their association they kind of fall to the wayside and all of a sudden they're not really there to support you anymore are you seeing that? Are you seeing... We are not a part of too many associations. Okay. I think we've got the, uh, the two big ones. Yeah. Uh, certainly for the GTA, you know, Build and Renomark. Yeah. What I liked about those guys was you had to be nominated by someone else to join. Okay. And then they wanted to see that, that you're licensed, that you're insured, yeah. that you're the real deal. Yeah. And you know, I think for a customer, you know, and they do promote this, that you know, the trades they have within their association are the real deal. So you can go to their website and find a qualified tradesperson and there's still a bit more trust and faith from the customer that way that they're finding someone um they go on to do um you know networking events um seminars and going to a it's gonna be a rocking day out tomorrow a heat pump seminar <laughs> i don't think my eyes would suffi uh, like, survive maybe a lot that. Coffee tomorrow. i yeah. don't think my eyes would survive but that then, um, i would just be rolling around these guys the uh, the timber framers guild um, okay yeah send out a lot of kind of information you know they have a lot of networking events they have a lot of you know, volunteer projects happening most of the times down in the states, there's that one in BC. But you know, updated um, magazines. You can go to their website. And, you know, there's a lot of, kind of documents on there, contracts. Uh, and it's useful. I mean, I some just, of these. I mean, they're the only ones I've stuck to, and I'm happy with it. Yeah. You know, I've got those badges on the side of the truck. I don't need a little, like a a tattoo truck. I mean, no, I want to keep it clean. Like, I just I, I find I don't that know the, what the other ones are going to bring to me. I don't even know who they are. So if I don't know who you are, then Am I going to give you some money to It's just a numbers us? game. I look at it like, I mean, in Canada here, there's 1.4 or 5 million people that work in construction. Mm -hmm. 
even if they get 10% of those people to join their organization, that's a, a good chunk of change for their organization. Right. But I find that their primary purpose is sales and not assistance. That's the problem I have. Once they start losing the assistance part and start focusing on the just the monetary side of it, you lose me I as an individual, right? So you have to, like us. Yeah, as a business, I want to be able to turn to this. You have to bring this problem to clients, like, right? So yeah. the skills that you bring on their site and the people that you work with and the people that you invite on your job site and you proudly put your sign and your logo and everything on there and that's a representative of the English carpenter, you're just like, I bring value to this client. So they're paying me to bring this value. So it's the same thing with the associations. You guys need to bring value to my business. If you're not and you're just expecting a renewal every single year, you're losing my interest at that point. Yeah. We haven't come across that. I say the couple of associations Good. that we're a part of. I'm happy to be a part of it, take part of the, in their events and and go from there. I don't think we need to be a part of anymore. I don't even know what the other ones are right, right now. To be Who's honest. put on the heat pump one? Uh, that's Build. Build's putting on that yeah. one. No, but which brand is putting on the heat pump one? I'll find out tomorrow when I get yeah, there. You're going to yeah, see yeah. it. You'll see it right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sell, sell, sell. But I mean, I don't know enough about heat pumps, so I want to learn about these things. I'm always interested to learn. Uh, I know a thing or two. I know that um, in Canada, they make no sense. I'm sorry to say. Okay. I don't agree with them. You just saved me three hours. I'm just saying they don't make sense because it's it's kind of like on-demand water systems. I've never been a fan. I've always been a hot water tank person. Just because of the networking I've done with certain brands when it comes to plumbing and stuff. When a client asks for a specific bathtub and they want specific amount of gallons in that thing, a good brand will actually tell you how much water you need to sustain that tub. Makes sense, yeah. Which there's no boiler on-demand system that will sustain that bathtub. If that bathtub is getting up to 80, 90, 110, or even 120 gallons of hot water, and we know what the two-third ratio is of hot water to cold water into there, but we also know when a a person is sitting in that bathtub for a certain amount of time, how quickly that water temperature drops. So these are all things that you start learning about. And so you're like, okay, on demand makes no sense. I need a hot water tank here. And now you get clients that you start talking about 50, 60, and then you get into commercials. And this is a whole other, this is what you start to learn, right? But heat pumps, they don't survive past a certain uh, temperature. They can't sustain. They become a secondary heat source. So in my opinion, they're not saving the planet. That's just me. So then it could, you could be whatever sales rep and whatever brand. I go, you're never, your argument against a forced air system, but let alone, and I agree with you on some posts that you've shared, I'm a boiler guy. I will always choose radiant over forced air. And, and the number one thing I tell clients is that your children will never have any breathing problems. They will not have nosebleeds. They will not be coughing all the time if you have a boiler system. That's just a fact. So it's just, if you want that opportunity where your family's feeling healthy in your home that you spend so much time sleeping, you want to go down the road. Hydronic. Simple as that, right? So that's my little PSA at that point. I think (laughs) you saved me three hours. You can go and let me know. I can sleep in tomorrow morning. Paul, let me know how it works out. So I got to do the 10 questions with you. Paul at theenglishcarpenter.com, www.theenglishcarpenter.com, and also theenglishcarpenter.ca for the timber frame side. Phone number to reach them. Uh, you always hiring or you look, you're always looking for always, projects? Always. Yeah. Always. Right. So 647-269-3140. On IG, it's the underscore English underscore carpenter. Find them on uh, YouTube as well, and then I'll get you a copy of this show so you can throw it up there as well. Thank you. And share it. it. Um, okay, you ready for these 10 questions? Fire away. What is your uh, what everyday sound brings you joy and comfort? I'd say laughter, genuine laughter. Um, whether it's the kids, whether it's people on site, I like being happy. I think we all do. 
Hearing laughter and jokes. I, I miss the jokes. Yeah. I miss There's the a lot of banter on the job site. It's great. Yeah, but it's it's fun banter. It is. Yeah. It gets you through the day. It does, right? <laughs> and it's okay to disagree with somebody. Always. I disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite beverage? Oh, it's got to be beer. Any particular one? It's seasonal. Okay. Yeah, I, I start the day. First thing is a glass of water, then yes. some lemon tea, then onto yes. coffee. Coffee probably fades away about 11, then it's water. Then in the evening, yeah. A beer for sure. A beer. Yeah. Maybe finish it off with a scotch, but I mean, season uh, in the summertime, a pilsner. Mm. You know, this time of year, something more stouty. You know, like, I'm not going to be drinking Guinness in the summertime. I'm not going to go to a, a patio in the summertime when it's like 35 degrees. I'm oh, Guinness, please. No, I need something. I need a cold cider, actually. Yeah, I could do that. I could totally yeah. enjoy a Guinness in the summertime. It's. I find it very. In quenching. an English or Irish summertime, maybe not our summertime. It's hot. No, I can handle really? it totally. It's actually very quenching. A really for me. hot. Uh, first quenching drink. Yeah. And this is definitely shows where I'm from. Uh, cider in the summertime. A nice cold cider. It makes yeah. sense. It totally makes sense. What's your least favorite tool? Impact driver. These things drive me batty. I can't stand that sound. So loud. Yeah. There's no, you just know, in today's technology, they can't figure a way to reduce that sound. Well, you don't always need an impact driver. That's the other thing. When I see people doing drywall with an impact driver, you don't need it. No. And it's just that constant... It's true. The impact driver. What turns you on creatively? Seeing kind of new techniques, you know, things that haven't been kind of done before, where people really push the boundaries and try to figure those things out for yourself. Something new. Are you seeing a lot of that in Canada? I see it outside of Canada. Um, yeah, I think you see it in Canada. I mean, okay. just driving down from the city today, driving through, uh, past Mississauga, you've got these buildings which kind of twist all the way around. Yeah, oh, the yeah, Maryland Monroe yeah, buildings, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that what they nicknamed? That's what they is nicknamed that the real name? Them. Yeah, well, that's what they nicknamed them. Okay. Just because of the shape of them. They didn't nickname them the Maryland Monroe buildings, right? Just interesting things like that where people are pushing the boundaries and then trying to think, okay, what can I take from that? How can I... I'd love to see it? more of that. Yeah. Totally, instead of just square boxes. Yeah, one of the uh, last projects we did kind of inspired us because uh, the roof picture, we built our new kind of timber frame sign in that style. It's like, okay, how am I going to figure this out? Yeah. Yeah. Seeing neat stuff and try to do it yourself. What word or concept do you find overused these days? I think the concept we were talking about earlier is, like, oh, yeah, just come out. You can do this for free. Hey, come, give me a free quote. Give me a free quote. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In this industry. Yeah, we need to get rid of that. Yeah. Favorite curse word? Fiddlesticks. It's one. not. It's a good it's one. It's the C word. <laughs> the C word's the top trump of all words. Yeah. <laughs> it's the go-to if you're... <laughs> yeah, well, especially it. for like, most Brits, Aussies, Kiwis. You know, it's used a lot more I know. everywhere else than it is uh, here. Than here. Uh, favorite vehicle in the entire world? Bike. Any, sorry? Bike. Bicycle or bike? B bicycle. Okay. Yeah. Particular Just, brand? I had a Bianchi back in the day. Not really. I mean, I've got a few bikes. Um all different things whether it's mountain biking riding through the city gravel bike but it's just you know the freedom you have on a bike and the exercise you're getting at the same time there's a lot more freedom on a bike yeah you're not getting as far as you are in a car but um, if I need to go over there you can just through the bike over the fence and hop over as it's well it's totally enjoyable yeah it is yeah I, I'm, I'm old enough to be back in the day where you got brake clamps right not disc brakes anymore. right yeah yeah every, yeah every bicycle now has got disc brakes right I, know, I think a couple of the kids bikes but they are hand-me-downs okay my bikes for sure they're all discs they're all discs no no not the city bike um, I call it a city bike because there's no quick release or anything else on there okay yeah, so I can feel comfortable parking it somewhere locking it up somewhere and not coming back and everything's been kind of ripped off yeah I know that it's happens the in the one. city yeah sadly uh, what do you miss from your childhood Paul um, not paying taxes. 
Freedom. Freedom. I grew up in a small kind of <laughs> Somerset the same town. thing. Yeah, yeah. Not paying taxes and freedom. Exactly. I guess so, yeah. I grew up in a small kind of countryside town where we'd, we'd be off on the bikes. Um, and we'd be off exploring and kind of running around. The wonder of me and my friends are still alive, some of the stuff that we would kind of do or get up to. The, There's uh, no way we'd survive that. No. <laughs> I know. Yeah, man. fun risks being taken. Uh, if you could master a skill outside of your own expertise, what would it be? Flying. Yeah. Pilot? The, being a pilot, we talked earlier about that. Yeah, we uh, did, helicopter totally. pilot. That'd yeah, be a pretty cool yeah. one. That's yeah. very challenging. I like a challenge. Yeah. It's very challenging. You can still do it. It's still time. Totally do it. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? How the hell did you get on the guest list? <laughs> <laughs> All your friends are downstairs. <laughs> the guest list. Yeah. I love that. Thanks so much, Paul, for being Thank on the you. show, man. Absolute pleasure having this conversation with you. And I know you're a busy guy, right? So fitting it in. You're off to the job site now? Uh, i got a project to see on the way back and then off to the job sites. And then Wednesday's typically the admin day. So get those fingers ready and do and some paperwork. figure out what the future is going to be for the business. Yeah. And growing. Crystal so ball. All the best here, man. And, Thank and, you. And, and wish everybody on the site well. And the work's amazing. Everyone should check it out. Thank and you. then Thank definitely you. reach out to you if you got another project coming up. I know the clients listen. So reach out to you and have a project. and have, Or at least have a conversation. Yeah. Simple as that. I like to talk. So that's it. That's it. Thanks. Good stuff. Thank you. Right here, Angelina.